<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. is the Tom Hartman Program. So are we going to vote in November? In two or three weeks, we're going to start seeing people in Wisconsin showing up in Milwaukee and Madison and rural hospitals with coronavirus because they went out and voted. In three weeks from now, you're going to start seeing some of those folks show up. Well, they're not going to show up. They're needing respirators. And a week after that, you're going to see some of those folks dying. Because Robin Voss, the Speaker of the House or Assembly or whatever it's called in Wisconsin, the, you know, the, basically the head Republican in Wisconsin, the guy who went out dressed like a, a moonwalk and said, everything is safe, just go vote. Because he does not want Democrats to vote. It's really just that simple. I mean, this is all about voter suppression. And it's quite obvious now that Robin Voss in, in Wisconsin and the entire Wisconsin Republican Party and, and the Republicans on the Wisconsin Supreme Court and the five conservatives on the U.S. Supreme Court don't give a rat's ass about who dies as long as the Republican Party can continue holding power. More Democrats than Republicans showed up to vote in the last two elections in Wisconsin. And yet, I mean, more than half of all the votes went to Democrats in Wisconsin. And yet, five out of their eight members of Congress are Republicans. And Republicans control both their state assembly, their House of Representatives, and their Senate. This is all about power. This, this was a project, this was one of the pet projects of the Koch Network and the billionaire buddies who heavily funded Scott Walker and put this uh, useful idiot into power in Wisconsin. And they've done absolutely everything they can to hold that power against the will of the majority of the voters in the state of Wisconsin. This is their plan for America. And if we don't start passing federal legislation soon, these these red states, these Republican-controlled states, they are not going to change their laws, their rules, and their policies. You've got 17 states where you basically have to have a doctor's slip or an excuse in order to get a vote-by-mail ballot. Here in Oregon, we've been voting by mail for decades. In, in Washington State, they've been doing it for years. It works really, really well. We have virtually no fraud, and what few uh, fraudulent voters there are are relatively easily detected. 
Donald Trump votes by mail, although, you know, lying through his teeth again, he was like, well, this is fraud. No, it's not fraud and it's not promoting fraud. It's not helping fraud or anything like that. Vote by mail is how we actually can get an election done in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, this is very straightforward stuff. It doesn't, this is not rocket science. It doesn't, you know, require any kind of deep analysis. And yet, here you've got the chairwoman of the Republican Party. This is Rona Romney McDaniel, Mitt Romney's niece, I believe she is, saying that Democrats want to promote mail-in voting, quote, as their next attempt to use the pandemic for political gain. She said, quote, This would vastly expand opportunities for fraud and weaken confidence in our elections. Pardon those of us who thought we already had democratic elections. No, when you're disenfranchising millions of people, when you're throwing a half million or more people off the voting rolls in Georgia just before the election, when you throw 200,000 people off the voting rolls in Wisconsin just before the election, when you throw a couple hundred thousand people off the voting rolls in Ohio and Pennsylvania and Michigan just before the election, that's not a democratic election, small d. Rona McDonald goes on to say, the Democrats' all-mail ballots proposal is a ruse to legalize ballot harvesting nationwide. This is BS. She goes on to say, any person would be allowed to return an unlimited number of absentee ballots for voters, opening the door for political operatives to deliver ballots in bulk. This is the same thing as offering rides to the polls. But see, oh my God, Democrats might get organized. And, you know, go around and collect people's ballots to turn them in and make it easy for people so they don't have to come up with a stamp. She says they could even be paid as long as he or she is not paid based on the number of ballots returned. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Just like there's nothing wrong with offering people free rides to the polls, which another thing that the Republicans hate. In fact, Donald Trump says, oh, you know, buses of black people are uh, went from Massachusetts to New Hampshire to vote against him, which is why he lost the primary in New Hampshire in 2016. No, he lost the primary because everybody knows he's a fool and a buffoon. It's just amazing. So the Republican Party, they're still following Paul Weyrich's mantra. I don't want everybody to vote. Our leverage in the elections, quite candidly, goes up as the voting populace goes down. You can find my rant on all this, by the way, over at buzzflash.com. The Republican Party has made it quite clear that they don't care what the fallout is from their voter suppression efforts, even if that includes people dying of coronavirus, as long as they can prevent people from voting. That's their thing. That's what they're all about. Meanwhile, there's a, you know, a lot in the news right now. Donald Trump said, I would love to see a payroll tax cut. There are many people who would like to see it as a permanent cut. I'd like to have it regardless of the coronavirus. Right. A permanent cut in the payroll tax. In other words, end Social Security. Right. These, these guys, you know, and, and he just says it, you know, and, and there wasn't like an explosion of, of, oh, my God, you know, in the press room because, of course, you know, it's Donald Trump. Pastor Tony Spell of the Life Tabernacle Church in Baton Rouge. He wants people to keep coming to his church so they can keep leaving money in the collection plate. This grifter comes out and says to TMZ that true Christians would be willing to die from coronavirus as long as they put money in the collection plate. He said, though they, were, they preferred, those who prefer tyranny over freedom do not deserve freedom. 
He says, the Bible teaches us to be absent from our bodies so we can be present with the Lord. So like any revolutionary or any zealot or any pure religious person, death looks to them like a welcome friend. He's not saying death looks to him like that. He's going to be up there, you know, 30 feet from everybody out in the pews passing the collection plates around. Holy crap. Nick in Chicago. Hey, hey Nick, what's up? Hey, Tom. Thank you for taking my call. How do you do? Good. Thank you. I want to uh, address what happened in Wisconsin and whether or not you think that played a factor in uh, Bernie Sanders uh, suspending his campaign. What I could see happening is they saw what happened in Wisconsin and everybody in the DNC said, okay, this might end up being a hotter mess than it already is. Let's just cut our losses and make things easier for us. Do you think that's a plausible position that Democrats might have taken or if Sanders took it? I don't think it was the DNC. Bernie does not dance to the tune of the DNC. He's very much his own man. But I think that Bernie probably looked at people showing up to vote and realized that some of those people were just out there because they wanted to vote for him and they literally were putting their lives at risk and probably decided, you know, if the Republicans are going to play with people's lives like this, that he didn't want to be part of it. I, I'm just guessing. I don't know. Uh, you know, Sean has reached out to his campaign to see if he wants to drop by, and that would be a good question to ask him. Nick, thanks for the call. Harvey in Minneapolis. Hey, Harvey, what's up? Uh, good afternoon, Tom. I'm sorry this hey, question's Harvey. a little bit out of sync with the current discussion, but I wanted to ask it. Okay, well, I, I, there hasn't been any real discussion publicly or anywhere in the news about where we're paying for one half of our budget to cover the coronavirus bailout or whatever you want to call it. So if you can comment on that, I'll hang up and you can kind of fill me in on that. Wait, Thank wait you. a minute. What am I missing here? What's what's your question? Is the question, how are we funding this so far three or four trillion dollars that we're throwing at the economy? Correct. Correct. Is that, is there that just hasn't been any conversation we're, about it. And we're funding it by issuing treasuries. It's the, the government is issuing IOUs, and those IOUs are being purchased by individual investors and governments all around the world. You know, they're called treasuries and treasury bills, treasury bonds. And, uh, you know, it's just adding to the national debt. That's how it's being done. Okay. okay, thank you. All right. Yeah, thanks a lot for the call. Glenn in Silva, North Carolina. Hey, Len, what's on your mind today? First of all, I hate the fact that people are calling this a war because with a war, men can stop that. And mm -hmm. also, I hate the fact that the Surgeon General said that this was going to be our Pearl Harbor or our 9-11. Those were surprises. I think he was just, you know, let's, let's cut uh, Jerome I, no, Adams I, some I slack under, here. I under, no, I'm not going to give him slack on that one. Now, and this guy I, is scared to death for his own life, Len, right now. He's, he's yeah. African-American. He pointed out in his press conference that he has high blood pressure himself, that that is the legacy of discrimination against black people in the United States. This is the Surgeon General of the United States. Now, I'm convinced that the only reason that Donald Trump isn't trotting him out every day along with the rest of the crew is because he's black. And Trump is like very, very committed to having all the pictures coming out of the White House being just white people. I'm serious about that. He's just made it very, very clear that women and minorities need not apply, or particularly minorities. But I'm going to cut him some slack. So we're seeing Trump's uh, Stalin complex played out writ large. Oklahoma asked for 16,000 face shields, got 120,000. 
they had uh, received 84,000 N95 masks, twice what they asked for. And uh, Ron DeSantis down in Florida, these red state governors are getting everything that they want. Kentucky got more than it requested. Illinois, Massachusetts, no, not so much, forget it. And California only got 170 broken ventilators. New York asked for 30,000 ventilators, they got 4,000. And they're being outbid by FEMA in the private market. Well, on top of that now, Donald Trump, they've developed this new rapid test kit that gives you results in 15 minutes. And it it involves a, a piece of machinery you know, you take the swab and you put it in a reagent and in a little solution, and then you stick it inside the machine and you push a button and the machine in 15 minutes tells you what's going on. Donald Trump wants to send these exclusively to the red states, to the rural areas of America. Honest to God, they want to send them to, quote, rural states and parts of the South. This is quoting from the Washington Post. While some White House officials want to ship many of the tests, which are approved Friday and can deliver results in 5 to 13 minutes, to areas where there are fewer cases, such as rural states and parts of the South. Uh, Gretchen Whitmer, the Democratic governor of Michigan, is begging for these things. Nope, you can't have them. And delays in test readings, you know, it can take 13 days to get a test result back because these private for-profit corporations that Donald Trump is con- and Jared Kushner have contracted with you know, are overwhelmed. Surprise, surprise. And as a result, first responders and healthcare workers are, you know, they themselves don't know if they're sick or if they're contagious. And they don't know if the people around them are sick or contagious. And then on, on Tuesday at the White House Coronavirus Task Force meeting, Mike Pence said, let's send these rapid test machines to areas where there are very few cases. In other words, let's send them out to the red states. Let's send them to North Dakota and South Dakota and Idaho and Utah. He says, we need to figure out the spread in places where we don't quite understand it now. This is a quote from the meeting, apparently from Mike Pence. Let's send them to the south and low-density areas. Meanwhile, Michigan residents are sending their own videos holding up send kits signs. Donald Trump is refusing to use the Defense Production Act to force manufacturers to make masks and and things like that. Not not really force them because, uh, you know, once you tell, once the federal government tells a manufacturer that they have to make something, the federal government then has to pay them and at a fair market price. But Trump is refusing to do it. And why is that? Well, according to the New York Times, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce has persuaded Jared Kushner that this is a bad idea because it's interference in the free market. And Jared Kushner is in charge of this stuff, and he's advising Donald Trump. Yes, it is the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. And Google is still a member of the Chamber of Commerce. Google, by the way, has said we will not run advertisements that refer to the coronavirus. But we will run public service announcements from the federal government. So the Trump administration is cranking out public service announcements about, here's all the wonderful stuff we're doing in the coronavirus epidemic. And meanwhile, when the Democrats are trying to run ads on YouTube, which is owned by Google, they're trying to run ads saying Donald Trump has failed. YouTube is saying, no, we won't accept those ads. Because Google is saying, you know, now, to their credit, Google is trying to avoid ads by scam artists and hustlers and people selling fake cures. And I congratulate them for that. But in politics, they really need to suspend this policy. 
Meanwhile, Brian Kemp, the guy who stole the election from Stacey Abrams by refusing to register 50,000 African-American, 55,000, he won by 51,000 votes, refusing to register 55,000 African-American votes and throwing almost a half a million registered voters off the voting rolls, mostly in black areas, mostly in urban Atlanta and other areas of Georgia where there were large black populations. Brian Kemp said, we didn't know that you can spread this disease by simply breathing on someone. We didn't know that. Oh my God. Right. February 24th was the first time that this appeared in print in a you know, scientific publication in the United States and made it into the mainstream press. That was you know, a month and a half ago. And you know, the speculation was back in, in December and January. He's claiming that he procrastinated on shutting down the state of Georgia because he just didn't know. Brian Kemp, he's just too stupid. He just doesn't watch the news or pay attention to anything except Fox News. And of course, if you only watch Fox News, you really are stupid. And that's what's happened. I mean, you end up stupid. You end up uninformed. I shouldn't say stupid. I should say uninformed. But he says, oh, this is a game changer. Right. Now, this is not new. Meanwhile, U.S. manufacturers, right up until March 17th, the day that 37 states closed their public schools, right up until March 17th, U.S. manufacturers were shipping large quantities of respirators, ventilators, and protective medical equipment to Germany, Belgium, and Japan, and they are still selling them. These middlemen that are holding these auctions where the states are having to compete against each other and then FEMA comes in and outbids them, well, it turns out foreign governments are bidding for these things. There are millions of N95 respirators in warehouses across the United States. Many of them are about to be shipped overseas because Donald Trump will not invoke the Defense Production Act and will not say, no, you may not sell these to foreign governments. As a result, People, people are dying in the United States, in particular our frontline health care providers. They are in deep trouble. This is, this is just criminal. And what's Donald Trump doing? He's going to be meeting with oil billionaires. They're preparing to rob us blind. President Donald Trump on Friday is reportedly set to hold an in-person White House meeting with top executives from ExxonMobil, Chevron, Continental Resources, Occidental Petroleum, Devon Energy, Energy Transfer, Phillips 66, they want a bailout. Sometimes Louise and I just crave a restaurant quality dinner at home without doing all the work or driving. Well, Cook Unity is the first chef to you service delivering locally sourced meals from award-winning chefs right to your door every week. And it appears to be less expensive than other delivery options. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman with two N's or enter the code Hartman with two N's before checking out for 50% off your first week. We just received our first meals from Cook Unity and what a huge difference it is to get the best chefs in the country to bring creative, delicious meals to us and you every week. Every meal is handcrafted by chefs and made in local micro-kitchens, not large production facilities. We just had the chipotle maple-glazed salmon with green beans and mango pico de gallo. It had everything we love in a meal. They have all sorts of options like vegan, paleo, pescatarian, gluten-free, and more. Menus are posted two weeks in advance, so you have plenty of time to choose. Experience chef-quality meals every week delivered right to your door. 
Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman, with two N's, or enter the code Hartman, the two N's, before checking out for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using the code Hartman or going to cookunity.com slash Hartman. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Terry in Eugene, Oregon. Hey, Terry, what's on your mind today? Hey, how you doing, Tom? Thanks for taking my call. You are an American hero. I just wanted to put that out there. My question is, it kind of pertains to everything we're saying, is I 100% agree with your idea about the states, red and blue. It would be nice maybe to even add more, stating something like there should be a constitutional amendment that you are responsible from the president on down, including all his staff, if you do anything illegal. Meaning, even after your presidency, if they go through with an investigation and they find you've done something illegal, criminal, you should get prosecuted. Imagine we already have that. The, it doesn't seem to be working, though. Like, for example, why did no, it's not. I'm, you know, Bush? Obama had an opportunity to prosecute Dick Cheney and, and George W. Bush for war crimes and for lying the American people into two wars. And he yes. passed on it. He said, you know, I want to look forward, not back. Jerry Ford had an opportunity to prosecute Richard Nixon for the crimes, for, for multiple briberies and, and other crimes. But the, the obvious stuff was, you know, taking a bribe from Jimmy Hoffa, a million dollar bribe, taking a half million dollar bribe from the, from the milk lobby, where they literally walked into the White House with a briefcase full of thousand dollar bills, which we had back in the 60s. 
And in both cases, you know, Jerry Ford said, nah. And for that matter, I mean, you know, you could argue Bill Clinton had an opportunity to prosecute Ronald Reagan for Iran-Contra and for treason, for cutting a deal with the Iranians yeah. to hold the hostages so that Jimmy Carter would lose the election. And Bill Clinton said, yeah, nah, we're going to forward, not back. Yeah, they had the option, the option, though. They, they chose not to use it. But, you know, none of those figures were as universally hated in the states. I mean, right now you've got Letitia James, the attorney general for the state of New York, aggressively working on prosecuting Donald Trump for, for financial crimes, for business crimes, for personal crimes in her state. And I'm guessing she's not the only state attorney general who's looking into Donald Trump. And uh, it would surprise me, frankly, if uh, perhaps you know, make, come, make legislation. Go ahead. I'm sorry, perhaps maybe make legislation that, yeah, you have the option, you have to take it. Say, no, if, this, if the investigation goes through and there was nothing criminal, fine. But given the option of if we find something criminal, by law, by constitutional amendment that we'd have to add, you have to prosecute. There is no, no, I, I'm not going to look for I, the right I, You know, I, ab- I absolutely get what you're saying, Terry, and I share your outrage. And I've been for years, you know, very upset with, you know, a series of, you know, these three presidents, you know, Jerry Ford and Bill Clinton and, and Barack Obama for not prosecuting the crimes of the Republicans that preceded them. Jerry Ford, of course, was one, but he didn't commit the crimes. But there's this thing called prosecutorial discretion where, you know, a district attorney can say, okay, so-and-so committed a crime, but, you know, I'm not going to prosecute it. I really don't think it, it rises to the level of being prosecuted. Or so-and-so committed a crime and we're going to, you know, eat this guy's lunch. We're going to really go after him. And in the case of a president having committed crimes, those, those decisions fall largely to the attorney general of the next administration if they were federal crimes or to the state attorneys general if they were state crimes. Like I said, Letitia James is looking into crimes that Donald Trump committed when he was a businessman in New York before he became president. And, and I think that leaving that discretion intact is a good idea. I would argue that what we need to do, Jerry, uh, Terry, excuse me, is we need to change public opinion because these guys are simply reflecting public opinion. Oh, yeah, let Reagan, let Reagan off the hook. You know, let Bush and Cheney off the hook. It's no big deal. We need to change public opinion to believe that previous administrations need to be held accountable. And then, then I think you'll see some change. Terry, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for the call. I love your idea. John in Minneapolis. Hey, John, what's up? Yeah, I just wanted to bring everybody's attention to a report that was done by Amy Goodman. She interviewed Dr. Wang, who used to work in Taiwan, and he's an epidemiologist. But what I wanted to say was they were very proactive and started early in December, and they did, I would say, everything right. And the result is they have only, like, last I looked, five deaths. And that's out of 25 million. They did test a lot of people. They quarantined people from Wuhan right away for 14 days. They merged both the service, the healthcare service, so that those people were included, and then immigration. And it's just absolutely tremendous the work that they did. And I have to say also, as a democracy, 75% of the people voted in Taiwan. They have a consensus. The report 
report was just moving. I mean, they showed children and how they complied with it. They wiped their feet off. They wore masks. They washed their hands. There was just everything that you could think of that, you know, you would do on the advice of epidemiologists, pathologists, people that know about disease physicians. And that's who they followed at the highest levels of government. They didn't have, you know, uh, Mike Pence running it or uh, Mr. Trump's son-in-law, Mr. Kushner. Kushner. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, it is just pathetic. They are pathetic people. We need to get rid of them. Uh, They are literally destroying the very fabric of this country. And uh, let's not mince words about it anymore. I I wish one day I'd like to see the press corps get up all at the same time and say, we've had enough of this. Who do you think you are? Well, here's the problem, John. About a third of the press corps in that room are right-wing media that that Trump has hand-selected. He's got a few token reporters from the the so-called corporate media, you know. He keeps, you know, the guy from CNN in there and Yamiche Alcindor from PBS, you know, just basically so he has a periodic foil so that he can go off on somebody and Fox News can turn it into a thing. But sadly, I mean, the press corps to the extent that they're that they're in that room say I, I would like to see a good story about exactly who is in the room and where they came from but we're seeing one american news network you know this obscure right-wing web-based so-called television network and and stuff like that i mean it's bizarre john thank you for the call i'm with you they are destroying our country we'll continue our conversation right after this. By the way, the Trump family seems to be profiting off uh, the You're this drug. To Tom Hartman. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archives. The uh, three different Trump family investment vehicles are heavily invested in Sanofil, the French company that makes chloroquine. Surprise, surprise. I noticed after uh, Andrew Cuomo's Sunday uh, press thing, he's doing these every morning, President Cuomo. And, you know, I've never been a fan of Andrew Cuomo. He's, he's to the right of Bill Clinton. He's, you know, and he's a bit of an autocrat. I'm, I am not, you know, I think he's done a marvelous job of speaking to the people and providing good information and calming people in the state of New York and around the country, frankly. And for that, he deserves congratulation. But I was seeing all these articles on Sunday. Uh, there was one in the Financial Times. There was one in the New York Times about draft Cuomo. So I just tossed out an email saying, what do you think? I was not advocating for Cuomo, right? I wouldn't do that. He's not, I'm not a fan of him. He hasn't been in the Democratic primary. But, you know, there were all these articles in the media. So I tweeted out, I said, do you think the Democratic Party should draft Governor Cuomo as our 2020 candidate? If so, why and how or why not? Right. And I get these responses like just when I was trying to trust you again, Tom, damn, screw these kinds of leading questions. Right. From PW Cousins. I'm not saying that the Democratic Party, I mean, at least probably 10% of these responses assumed that somehow I was promoting a Cuomo presidency. But what it was, yeah, I actually just wanted to get the temperature. I wanted to find out if these news stories actually reflected a groundswell on the part of the Democratic base, or if this was just commentators, you know, blowing smoke. And I think it's the latter, solidly. I mean, I think out out of the several hundred responses that I got to that tweet, there were like two or three that said, yeah, he's doing a great job. Let's let's uh, try and get him into the Democratic Party, you know, for president. He could take on Trump. 
Everybody else was like, you realize Cuomo was trying to cut Medicaid in New York? You realize Cuomo's a, you know, the worst kind of corporate Democrat in New York? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I know that. I know that. But it's fascinating, number one, to see this play out in the media. And, you know, again, I salute Cuomo for what he's doing every morning. But even more fascinating is how different Twitter responses are. It's like on Twitter, people just go for the, go for the angry Inst- instantly. It's bizarre. Anyhow, we'll be back. What do you think about Andrew Cuomo? You're listening to the Tom Hartman Program. I mean, I frankly see no way that he could be drafted anyway. If anybody is, you know, Joe Biden's not going to get the nomination. Certainly it should be Bernie Sanders. He's got about half the votes. Hey, we have a special new video up for supporters of our program over at TomHartman.com. And it's about how FDR in 1944, in fact, January 44, in his State of the Union address, talked about how important it was to add rights to the Bill of Rights. The original Bill of Rights was all political rights. He said it's time to enshrine economic rights in our Constitution. I would add, like most of the governments of Europe have done, And this includes the right to housing, the right to food, the right to good job that pays well, the right to an education, including a college education, and the right to health care. It's pretty powerful stuff. And frankly, I think that what this coronavirus crisis is proving is that we are all in this together and that Reagan's thing about government is never going to help you was just a a load of crap. And so you can check it out over at TomHartman.com. Welcome back. Tom Hartman here with you. And I just wanted to get into some of the remnants of the news here. The Supreme Court has said, yes, we will hear Donald Trump and the Republican governor's efforts to destroy the Affordable Care Act, where that's fine with us. You know, we're totally down with that. We'd be glad to hear these arguments. Meanwhile, according to a new study, Donald Trump, this is fascinating in election. This is from The Atlantic, piece by Mark Elias called How to Fix Our Voting Rules Before November. It's from back in, it's from April 5th, uh, a couple days ago. And he says, what's slight adjustments in the rules can tilt the game of politics essentially for or against specific players. He starts out with the sports story, you know, the, the three-point free throw line, I think it's called, three-point line. That, that Back in 1979, the NBA adopted that. And suddenly there was a shift in which teams had the advantage because the teams that had the tallest players and the longest reach and the best long shots suddenly had, had an advantage on the basketball field. He, say, he points out that similarly, if your name is listed first on the ballot, you get a 1.7% increase in the vote. And in Florida, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, Trump was listed first on the ballot. And he won by less than 1.7%. Another recent study showed that increasing the number of days of early in-person voting, particularly increased turnout among women and voters in their 20s. According to the authors, if every state in 2016 did 23 days of early voting, Hillary Clinton would have easily won Florida, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and the presidency. Now, what they haven't done 
is determined how vote by mail, you know, how the ability to vote by mail influences that. And frankly, they've got a couple of states, you know, Wisconsin, and, or excuse me, Washington State and Oregon, where we've had vote by mail now for over a decade, that would be easy to examine, you know, the differences before and after and the differences between us and say another state with a high level of civic engagement like California. But what the Republicans know why you saw the, the Republican-controlled Wisconsin State Supreme Court say, no, no, we're willing to put our senior citizens at risk of death in order to preserve a Republican majority on the Supreme Court, and why you saw the five uh, right-wingers on the U.S. Supreme Court say essentially the same thing, is because they know that if everybody in the United States were to vote, as Donald Trump said, you'd never see a Republican elected to office again. Now that, of course, coming out of Trump's mouth is an exaggeration, but you're not going to see another Republican president for a long, long time. Frankly, the majority of people have not voted for a Republican for president since 1988, when they voted for George Herbert Walker Bush. I mean, that was it. That was the last time that a Republican actually won the majority vote in the United States. In Wisconsin, the Democrats, uh, more, more people voted for Democrats for the state Senate, for the state House, for governor, for everything. More people voted for Democrats in the last election than voted for Republicans. Yet the Republicans in Wisconsin continue to control the House, the Senate, and the Supreme Court because of gerrymandering, because of these radical policies that, you know, the Koch brothers' uh, little puppet, Scott Walker, put into place. So, you know, we have to make as goal one, as job one, as our number one main project, to have vote by mail all across the United States in time for the November election. We've got to make that a top priority. Ironically, by the way, the Wisconsin Supreme Court that said, you know, we're going to force people to go vote, at the top of their website it says, in an effort to protect the public, attorneys, court staff, and judges from the health risks associated with COVID-19, the Wisconsin courts have issued orders temporarily suspending in-person proceedings statewide with certain limited exceptions. In other words, you can't you can't be in person in front of the Wisconsin Supreme Court, which just requires you to be in person in front of a voting machine. To the Tom Hartman program. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, all into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. It's accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, did you know that Hillary Clinton actually won Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, North Carolina, and Florida in the 2016 election? It's on page 92 of my new book, The Hidden History of the War on Voting. Tom Harvin here with you. I was just looking at the uh, little delay indicator on my uh, fancy contraption here that lets us get our show to you from my home. And Gail in Antelope, California. Hey, Gail, what's on your mind today? Okay, got a newsflash for you. I came across a story yesterday. Trump, the reason he's promoting this malaria drug and he's been touting it and touting it, he's buddies with Novartis, who is the major drug maker for that particular drug. That guy, the CEO of Novartis, was under investigation by Mueller when that was going on for a $1.6 million contribution he made to Trump through a shell company set up by Michael Cohen. And the article said that since Trump's been promoting this malaria drug, the CEO's salary has gone up by 59% of that company. <laughs> Plus, the Trump family foundation, three different Trump family foundations own stock in Cinefil, which is the company in France, if I'm sure I'm mispronouncing it, but that holds the patent to the brand name for chloroquine, and Novartis makes the generic version. So yeah, double bingo, Gail. Thank you for that. That's an excellent one. Tim in Shelby Township, Michigan. Hey, Tim, what's on your mind today? Yes. Can the Democrats hold up part of the funding due to lack of oversight now from the stimulation bills? They cannot. That would require a whole new piece of legislation. All they can do is yell and scream from the sidelines. They have basically handed the money off to the administration, and uh, you know, and that's the end of that. I mean, sadly, but that's that's where it's at. Bill in Clifton, New Jersey. Yes, please. Well, no, as mentioned before, one of the most mispronounced words is zoology. People add another O to make it zoology for some reason. But the other thing is that I think that. It's time for us to do a big push 
with this election to get more senators and a president so that we can add two more Supreme Court justices to balance it out. And the last thing is, if I was dictator, I'd require everybody to wear 12-foot hoop skirts when they go outside. (laughs) I love it, 12-foot hoop skirts. That's a good one. Thank you, Bill. Ivan in Bartlett, Illinois. Hey, Ivan, you're on the air. Thank you, Tom. So what we have in Wisconsin is the GOP, the corporate Democrat Joe Biden, and the United States Supreme Court saying, ignore the CDC, ignore even the Trump administration, and all those saying, stay home, stay out of crowds, and telling them, go stand in in line to vote, risk your life. To endanger the lives of others is at the very least criminal negligence, gross negligence. Yeah, I'm with you. And you're welcome, Ivan. And in that category, we have Donald Trump, uh, who tweeted out to people in Wisconsin to go vote, you know, because there's a Supreme Court justice who needs to get reelected. And he's a big fan of the of the NRA. He's got there's pictures of him with an AR-15. And so get out there and vote. Yes. uh, Old people who watch Fox News, uh, go out there and get yourselves exposed. It's amazing. It's amazing. Rose in Chicago. Hey, Rose, you're on the air. What's up? Hi, Tom. First, let me say that I'm proud that our Illinois Governor Pritzker has been a great leader during this pandemic response, and especially him standing up to Trump. But the reason I called, I don't know if anybody else has said this before or had this kind of take on this, but I believe that maybe Trump actually enjoys seeing the states try to outbid each other for the life-saving PPE and the ventilators, because to him, it's probably like a big reality show with winners and losers and various alliances every week. Just wondering what your take is on that. Thanks. I completely agree, Rose. I think that this is, for for Trump, this is entertainment. It's like the Hunger Games, and he's pitting governors against each other. Governor Pritzker pointed out yesterday that, you know, the federal government is bidding against the states and buying personal protective equipment and then reselling it to wholesalers who then put it back out in the market for the states to bid against each other. So they're doubling and tripling the profit opportunities for these corporations that, you know, may well be big donors to the Republican Party. God only knows. Vicki in Buffalo Grove, Illinois. Hey, Vicki, what's up? Buffalo Grove. I just wanted to build on what the person just before me spoke about. Our governor, Governor Pritzker, has done a phenomenal job in taking care of Illinois when the federal government hasn't. And he's been doing daily press conferences and talking realistically about what the federal government is and isn't doing and standing up for, you know, against what Trump is doing. So I'd like to see more attention paid to others besides Governor Cuomo, because we have a lot of Democratic governors that are heroes right now, and they should be spotlighted and we should know about them. Yeah, I agree. Cuomo uh, has the advantage of being in New York City where all the media is and also being in New York State, which which is, you know, the first large hard hit state. I mean, you know, Washington State had the first outbreak, but uh, New York is where it's really it's really going down in flames. So good point. Vicki, thank you very much. Bobby in Yonkers, New York. Hey, Bobby, what's on your mind? Yeah, hi. I absolutely agree with you that Trump is committing a genocide. And uh, I think part of the Democratic platform should be an investigation and, and probable prosecution of 
all of these people. Uh, the Republican Party is, is an organized crime cartel at this point. And also, quickly, Tom, I just wanted to mention there was a, a New York State Assemblyman named Richard Brodsky who uh, passed away from the coronavirus this week. And he was a friend of labor, uh, particularly my union. And he was a good guy, and he, and he was very progressive. And he, uh, unfortunately, he ran and lost in the Democratic primary for attorney general, and we really could have used him. Um, he also had a, a column that he was publishing up till last week. I think it's a t- the Times Union, which is the Albany newspaper. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. that's all I wanted to say. Uh, we lost a good okay. guy. With well, thank him. you, Bobby. Yeah, Thanks. I'm sorry Bye. to hear that. Dale in Weaverville, California. Hey, Dale, what's up? Hi, Tom. I wanted to follow up on a point you were making earlier about uh, will the Trump administration be held accountable, you know, if we elect uh, the next mm-hmm. Democrat president, and which right. will more than likely be Joe Biden, who I will vote for, you know, very enthusiastically. Yeah. Me too. But um, I do also think that uh, if he is elected, he will do the same thing Barack Obama did and go on with, we have to I look think forward, so. we can't look back. I don't think so, you know, Barack Obama I, you know, refused well, to to hold anybody on Wall Street accountable. He refused to hold. I know Obama refused to hold them accountable. But Clinton refused to hold them accountable. You know, Jimmy Carter refused to hold Richard Nixon and Jerry Ford accountable. I get that. It just seems. I think that seems to be a dim- it seems to be a dim- It seems to be a Democrat thing to. Uh, think i also i uh, have a feeling some of them um it may be I, dale but this time this time people died there's a big difference between you know like whining about well you know ronnie reagan got away with uh you know uh flipping the election with jimmy Carter. yeah he did he committed a crime uh, you know there's a whole chapter about it in my book on the supreme court the hidden history of the, of the supreme court the betrayal of america yeah reagan got away with that and yeah, Nixon got away with lying us into Vietnam. Well, people died in Vietnam, actually. 50, 56,000 people died in Vietnam. And we'll probably be at those numbers in just a matter of weeks here. But I, I have a hard time believing that this time around, there's not going to be some level of accountability. I think, you know, there really has to be. I think that Donald Trump, I mean, you've got Letitia James, the attorney general of the state of New York, going after Donald Trump aggressively, saying, you know, we're going to take this guy down. Uh, you've got several congressional committees who are looking into his crimes. Uh, you know, they, they would be holding hearings right now, frankly, if, if Congress wasn't in lockdown. I absolutely believe there's going to be accountability. Let me rephrase that. I actually absolutely hope there's going to be accountability. It would be a refreshing change for this country. Welcome back. Tom Harbin here with you and Steve in Cooperstown, New York. Hey, Steve, what's up? Yes, uh, I, I wanted to uh, pipe in about Lindsay, whichever way the wind blows, Graham and uh, our so-called leader of the Senate, who uh, vociferously spoke out against Trump when he was running and who now think that the man walks on water. Graham was invited down to Mar-a-Lago a couple of weekends to play golf and uh, be wined and dined. I'm just wondering, what is it that made these people change? Secondly, power. my next, quickly, quickly. I, 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 I just answer your question very quickly, Steve. It's power. These guys are sucking up to power. Donald Trump has power, so they're sucking up to him and kissing his butt. Next question. Okay, well, my, quickly, I think 
when he was running, I, I read either in The Economist or The New York Times that the Trump family was intimately involved with the Russian mafia. I'm wondering if you have any info on that. And also, what's happening with investigations regarding Trump's involvement with Russia? This, it just right. seems like we don't hear anything. The investigations, the federal Laura, investigations into Trump you... and Russia. Yeah, thanks a lot, Steve. The, the federal investigations into Trump and Russia pretty much ended with the impeachment, to the best of my knowledge. We have a federal judge now, Reggie Jackson, who has just received, or actually is a week and a half ago, received the unredacted report from Bill Barr, the unredacted Mueller report. What he's going to do with that, we don't know because the courts are largely shut down. The congressional, you know, Congress is largely shut down, so any congressional inquiries have kind of ground to a halt. But there's no shortage of documentation. David Korn co-authored a book on this of Trump's involvement with Russian oligarchs buying and selling real estate, laundering their money using real estate, stuff like this. So the Kushner family was doing that before Trump, to the best of my knowledge. So these real estate barons who make their money in sketchy ways. Marilyn in Sarasota, Florida. Hey, Marilyn, what's on your mind today? Hi. I just wanted to let you know that there's, I live in Florida, and there's um, a Florida map that is also put out by JHU. Florida COVID-19 dashboard, and it does show USA USA total deaths and oh, total cases, all kinds of stuff on here. You can even look this up by zip code. Yeah. It's amazing. It's Florida COVID-19 dashboard. Okay. And I just all wanted right. to let you know. I'll have to check it out. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I'm looking at the, okay. the, the general map, you know, the coronavirus cases by uh, by Yeah, Senator, the general but, one uh, doesn't yeah. show. It doesn't yeah, show the yeah, total, I don't think, for China either, though. It shows by province. And in Florida, they've cut it down to states. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. On the map. China and the United States. Yeah, I think that they should be showing the country because, you know, we're going to be number one here any day now. Marilyn, thank you for the call. And thanks for the heads up on that. Steve in Everett, Washington. Hey, Steve, what's up? I was just going to suggest that you see if you can get some doctors in the red states that don't allow absentee balloting just because you want one to send, to give people notes for medical reasons, for health reasons, so they don't have to go oh, to the Oh, that's a great suggestion. <laughs> and... And yes, my prescription them, pad is available. <laughs> exactly. And you've got to be enough doctors that are willing to do that that are not already uh, up to their ears in this thing. And send them in. Sure. Yeah, well, there's a lot of doctors. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Steve. There's a lot of doctors right now whose practices have really, really shrunk because people are afraid to go to the doctor's office. And so, you know, you've got pediatricians and eye, ear and nose th- specialists and, you know, all kinds of these uh, specialties and subspecialties where their offices are just vacant. So if those, you know, if you could get a, a kind of a coalition of doctors across those 17 states where you, you have to have an excuse to get a, an absentee ballot, you know, they could just write a blanket form letter for people and they could personalize it individually. That would be a tremendous service. Steve, I think you're, you're on to a great idea. And send them re- return receipt requested so that if, if the, they are stonewalled and, and lost in the mail, people can at least stand up and say, I tried. Here's the paperwork. Yeah. Yeah. And there one other thing. Uh, good one. Steve. And... 
Uh, I think I think the music took your one other thing there, Steve. Sorry. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Tom Harbin here with you. Heather in Las Vegas. Hey, Heather, what's on your mind today? Hi. My biggest question I have, I was born and raised in Flint, Michigan. I still have tons of family back there, so a fellow Michigander. But I have friends and family that are getting these one-hour tests in Flint and Saginaw and Detroit, and they're they're sick, but they're coming back and being told that they're negative. And, but out here, where I live in Las Vegas, we've only tested 17,000 people total. And we only got 150 tests this week. So wow. there's a huge difference. And those test results take anywhere from 7 to 14 days to come back. So why is it that Michigan is the state that's picked, and, but everybody's being told, no, it's negative. Don't worry. Go home and don't worry about it. Because Michigan's governor was able to negotiate with one of the companies that are providing these tests, and Nevada's governor apparently didn't. Is a short answer. My concern is But my concern is that can we trust these tests? Because you know they didn't tell anybody about the Flint water for years yeah. <laughs> they didn't yeah. tell anybody about that's still not fixed there's a lot of stuff that goes on and like the previous caller mentioned they want to test that that pill in a detroit hospital so it's like is right. this just a giant no, test I, case and can we trust I, it heather i completely understand your lack of confidence or faith or trust in the system that you know literally poisoned people in Flint and lied about it for several years, and the Republican governor of Michigan who oversaw this entire process never even went to jail. I completely get that. I'm not so concerned, though, about the tests not being accurate. There's always going to be a few you know, uh, false tests, false negatives and false positives. I'm far more concerned about the availability of them and the fact that it's taking a week to two weeks to get the results back. That is absolutely criminal and, you know, just should not be done. Tom Harbin here with you. Uh, Just a few of the news stories of the day. The uh, Georgia local officials in Georgia are just flipped out because Brian Kemp, the guy who just, he discovered, wow, who knew, this is a game changer, that the virus could transmit between people who are not symptomatic. Idiot. Well, anyhow, he, he uh, issued a, uh, uh, an executive order to keep Georgia's beaches open. And the people who live around Georgia's beaches and the little towns, you know, these little tourist towns, they are seriously pissed off. Tybee Island Mayor, Mayor Shirley Sessions says, and I, and I quote, this is from a letter that she wrote on uh, Saturday. She said, as the Pentagon ordered 100,000 body bags to store the corpses of Americans killed by the coronavirus, Governor Brian Kemp dictated that Georgia beaches must reopen and declared any decision makers who refused to follow these orders would face prison and or fines. That would be her, right, as the mayor of the town. She goes on to say, the health of our residents, staff and visitors are being put at risk and we will pursue legal avenues to overturn this reckless mandate. She has shut down the beaches way back on March 20th. It's now April 6th. 
So for three weeks, she's had the beaches shut down. And then the governor comes in and says, you can't do that. I'm issuing an executive order and I'm overriding you. You uh, who live on the beach, you have to accept all these contaminated tourists. The town, by the way, tiny Tybee Island, has no hospital. It's one of the reasons she's so freaked out. People will die. Without ventilators, they die. Alan Booker, a Democratic County Commissioner in Glynn County, says opening the beaches is stupid and crazy at the same time. Republican Glynn County Commissioner Peter Murphy says the governor, quote, undid all the good we did back in March with his decision to open the beaches. Kemp has also ordered the reopening of the privately owned Sea Island a day after it was closed. Now that's interesting because it's owned by Philip Anschutz, who's a billionaire Republican donor, and because Senator David Perdue has a home there. Oh, isn't that sweet? He's reopening the private island for the Republicans and their billionaire owners. A Tybee Island resident, Keith Gay, told local militia, in my opinion, they just loaded a gun and pointed it at the beach. Every restaurant, every bar, and the beach, he's talking about this last weekend, It's a guy who lives there, who's freaked out. He said, we had 9,000 cars on the island. Every restaurant, every bar, and the beach were completely slammed. This is amazing. I mean, are we there yet, right? Murphy in Cochetta, Louisiana. Hey, Murphy, what's up? Hey, how's it going there? Good. Hey, I'm just doing this thing through real time, man. I got my brother and man went and visited a church in Mansfield, Louisiana, a few Sundays ago. And, and somewhere out there at that church, they were visiting somebody who was contagious with his stuff. And, and then it spread it amongst all his deacons in the church and stuff. And, and then uh, they are. Uh, he lost two of the main digging lost one day for yesterday and lost one today. And I called him this morning and he really taken it hard. You know, a young pastor, been passing the church mm-hmm. about seven years. He lost his digging on the chairman of the board and his treasure. Wow. And, uh, yeah, this is this is one of the big problems, Murphy, is we're seeing that some of the very largest uh, outbreaks and in Louisiana, they were traced back to a funeral and a wedding, and uh, and in a couple of places to church services. In Georgia, they're tracing them to church services. In New York, the big outbreak was to a Jewish religious event and religious community. This this is a real, real problem for us all across the country. Thanks for pointing it out, Murphy. Bill in Columbia, South Carolina. Hey, Bill, what's up? Hey, Tom. Uh, I realize this is a, not a time really for politics, but I'll bring it up anyway. If we don't, if the Democrats don't take back the Senate, it won't matter who's the president. I think that's been fairly proven by by the Obama administration, by the Republican opposition. So there's a lot of attention paid to vice presidential pick and so forth. We need to have far more emphasis on, on individual Senate races across the country and to be working to turn the Senate blue. That's all I wanted to say. I just want to think that we we need to be concentrating on on the Senate uh, as rather than the presidency. I think we've got a pretty good shot at the presidency if we can get through this uh, COVID crisis and get through the the five o'clock follies uh, that Trump's putting on. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. 
Thank you, Bill. Yeah, yeah. I was I was very heartened when CNN did not go to Trump. <laughs> it's like, thank God, I don't have to go to France 24. Richard in Pasadena, California. Hey, Richard, what's on your mind today? What's on my mind is the Boston Tea Party. Wednesday, we owe taxes. Everybody who owes taxes, since we weren't represented by getting Trump thrown out by the um, by the Senate, all of them went against their oath. Lamar Alexander said, yeah, they proved their point. He's guilty, but I'm not convicting. So they didn't represent us. So this is taxation without representation. We, as a nation, can withhold our taxes. I mean, send in your form, a copy of your form. Send in a copy of your check. But say, since they didn't represent us and convict Trump, which they agreed, he was guilty. They didn't represent us. We will not be taxed without representation. It's the same thing our colonists fought against. Exactly. It's our Boston Tea Party. What am I missing also, here? What's the tax? What's the taxation without representation you're specifically referring to? They, they gave an oath that they would be impartial in that hearing. Lamar Who's Alexander they? said, "Yes, they proved their point. He was. He is guilty, but we're not convicting. That's ta- that's oh. repre- that's no representation." Right. It's a failure representation, and it has little to do with taxation, though. I mean, you know, the same thing happened when the Andrew Jackson or Johnson, excuse me, uh, impeachment back in 1860, whatever it was. Yeah, but they didn't go through it. See, this is, okay, so this is possible. The other thing is you spoke about an interstate um, compact two years right. ago or whenever California became the fifth largest economic nation in the world. I sent letters to our governor, Governor Oregon, Governor Washington, Governor Hawaii and Alaska, said, let's get away from this guy. And nobody sent back. We have the opportunity. The the deal is, if we can get Canada to go with us and Mexico to go with us, we can have this entire place and immediately be under Canada's health care plan also immediately end all the immigration stuff at the borders and end this crap with kids in cages and all the other nonsense order, the drug trafficking and the human trafficking. All of that can be handled if we do this compact. Yeah, I, you know, there's, there's a lot that can be California. done through this. And, and in fact, I, you know, I submitted an op-ed about this to a bunch of websites. But uh, yeah, I'm with you, Richard. I'm absolutely with you. Wayne in Phelan, Felina, Kansas. Am I saying that right, Wayne? I'm Felina. Felina, what's up? Uh, I had a couple questions I wanted to ask concerning uh, the coronavirus uh, pandemic. Uh, One of them is uh, concerns uh, social distancing. Uh, What is uh, the need of... uh, Closing, totally closing parks and uh, beaches and other public spaces uh, is uh, is, it, is the virus that uh, contagious? Uh, yes, it is. Contagious? When you're when you're walking around, there's a cloud around your head from your breath, from your breathing, that probably extends out three or four feet. If you're running or jogging, it can extend out ten or twenty feet. If you're coughing, it can go ten or twenty feet. Yes, it's that, it's that contagious. That's the problem.
We'll be back with more of the news and more of my thoughts and yours in this uh, kind of national town hall meeting we have here every day on the Tom Hartman program. And in the meantime, don't forget democracy is not a spectator sport. Never was intended to be. It requires you. So get out there, get active tag. You're it. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. 